0: You know what that sound means? It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons podcast where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up? podcast land. This is your host, and Joe, of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. And on tonight's episode, we're, we're talking some NFL recapping the Super Bowl. We're also going to talk a little Georgia baseball as it is opening day tomorrow for the 2022 season for the University of Georgia Bulldog baseball team. And we're going to round up the show with some Atlanta Hawks talk as we talk not only about the Atlanta Hawks, but also it's NBA All-Star Weekend in Cleveland this weekend. So we'll be doing a little football, a little baseball, and a little basketball on tonight's show. And I want to give a little bit of insight Into this week's show What makes it so special So this is a milestone episode for us on Here on the Fan for all Seasons podcast This is our 170th episode Pretty big deal I just want to thank everybody again Who listens every week Or or even if this is your first time listening to one of our episodes I really appreciate all the support I appreciate everybody checking out the website And going to our merchandise store And buying merchandise I just really appreciate all the support of the podcast And I know my co cousin- host rg3 does as well so speaking of that he's our guest of the week this week that we're going to connect with via the fan for all seasons fan line and talk a little bit of sports conversation but before we get into that tonight it's time to get a word from our sponsor and fan for all seasons is brought to you in part by georgia smoke barbecue authentic original smoked barbecue catering you can learn more georgiasmoke.com i'll be connecting with rg3 here in one sec and fan for all season fans, we're back. We've connected via the Fan for All Seasons fan line with our guest of the week this week, as I teased at the beginning of the show. It is none other than my co-host of this podcast, my guy RG3. RG3, how's it going, man? Jim and Joe, it has been a hot minute. I know, buddy, I know. And I, I've missed talking to you on the pod. I know you've been busy with life and stuff, and so we in the fan for all seasons fan community are excited to have you back on for the show this week I and mean, before we get started here rg3 i, I just want to say can you believe we've done over 170 episodes like it's just crazy to me man
1: i cannot like i feel like ever since we started time has been flying by but i mean they say time flies when you're having fun but i feel like it also flies as you get older i don't know i can't figure out which but uh maybe that's a good sign right and as far as the getting older part
0: or having fun i think i'm gonna go with the having fun instead of getting older part dude <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) For sure Well I'll take it Yeah we'll take it We'll take it well, well, now we're going to get into a little sports combo here. And the first topic we're going to get into is some Super Bowl. We're going to recap it from the perspective of in-state. And so that's kind of our first topic.
1: So go ahead and fire one ready. All right. Well, the Super Bowl had Georgia feel to it, not only with Rams head coach Sean McVay, a former high school football quarterback at Merritt High School, but also Matthew Stafford, Tony Michelle, Leonard Floyd. How much more did you enjoy the Super Bowl with these local connections to UGA in the state of Georgia? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fun
0: Super Bowl to watch. I'm a huge fan of Matthew Stafford, especially when you think about his days at UGA. And I told the story a few pods ago about how I was fortunate enough to meet Matthew Stafford in seventh grade. And and so that story and moment will always stick with me. I'm such a fan of Stafford. I'm so proud of him. And then you think about Sony Michelle and just the impact he had in his time in Athens at the University of Georgia you know reading the way for the dogs and all that but either way I'm really proud of Sony he's won a couple Super Bowls so congratulations to him Leonard Floyd has definitely gotten better um t- throughout his career and he's a he's a really talented guy in his own right I mean he was a great player for the Bulldogs but he's somebody that's gotten better and better throughout his NFL career and McVeigh, I'll say this about McVeigh: McVeigh has a really bright offensive mind that seems to be the trend in the NFL now is we need to find as many coaches as we can that are cut from the Sean McVay coaching tree because he's built wide a coaching tree himself and to be as young as he is Like, it's just really impressive to see what the Rams did and uh, to have those guys with the connection, you know, from the state and the University of Georgia. I definitely had so much fun watching
1: the Super Bowl. And Matt Stafford played really well, throwing 283 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. He he did. He really did play well. But something that really stood
0: out to me was, especially late in the game, in the fourth quarter, we saw Stafford's true poise and, and just his command in the huddle. And the other thing that really stood out to me was the trust he had in his go-to guy Cooper Cup and his ability to put the ball in the exact window where Cup needed it to be it just goes to show the, the long hours that quarterback and receiver put in you know throwing passes you know whether it be in practice and outside of practice I mean just always playing catch and it just looked like those two were on another level as far as a connection I mean when you think about in moments in the Super Bowl there was also that Noah pass that Stafford threw to Cooper Cup I thought that was really cool and uh I'm I was just really impressed with matt stafford in um in, in the game sunday night and especially in the fourth quarter so so really proud of him and i'm glad to see that he's got a championship ring on his finger so that's going to kind of do it for our super bowl conversation now we're going to move over to baseball rg3 can't believe baseball collegiately starts tomorrow like in the sec it's crazy you I know mean, we already starting to- and so now rg3 let's get going into some baseball talk
1: all right well Hammond Dogs open up the 2022 season on Friday. What are your thoughts and expectations for UGA this spring? Well, my thoughts and
0: expectations are this, RG3. Expectations are really high. You know, according to D1Baseball.com, it has the Georgia Bulldogs' is 16th in the country. This is Coach Strickland's eighth season in Athens. I'm fired up for this. I'm fired up for this season. And nothing beats a beautiful spring day at Foley Field. And when you think about Foley Field and just the, like, and, and just the neighborhood vibe and the atmosphere around it, I mean, you could equate Foley Field to being the Wrigley Field of the SEC because it is in a neighborhood. They're very similar to Wrigley Field. The schedule was loaded as usual between the elites of the SEC. And then you think about Georgia's non-conference schedule when Georgia Tech with the series with them, and Georgia's got some games with Georgia Southern as well as Clemson. I mean, this Georgia team is really talented, and they're really good, and we're going to get a chance to see Georgia play against some really good competition. So I'm really excited about what Coach Strickland and the baseball team have up their sleeve as far as this spring
1: here in Athens. You still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Okay. So, Georgia has a good mix of young talent and veterans on the roster this season. Who are some guys fans should
0: keep an eye on? Well, as far as the pitching goes, I think the first guy that fans need to keep an eye on is Jonathan Cannon. And he's, and he's Georgia's Friday night guy. And for those of you that are unaware of how college baseball works in the SEC and, you know, they're on these big conferences. And so, normally, your Friday night guy is your best pitcher. And so, Jonathan Cannon is Georgia's best starting pitcher, and he could have gone pro at the end of George's year last year, but he decided to come back. So Cannon a year was seven and two. He had a 3.98 ERA, and I expect him to be George's opening day starter. And I think we're getting, I think we're going to see the best of Jonathan Cannon. I, you know, I think the world of this kid. When you think back to last season at the beginning of the year, he was sick. He was dealing with mononucleosis, and he was trying to come back from that. And we saw moments of Jonathan Cannon when he was able to come back and be healthy. But now that we've got. Fully healthy, ready to go, Jonathan Cannon. I think Georgia fans are gonna be really excited to watch this guy tow the rubber every Friday night for the dog. Another really good pitcher that I want to talk about is Jaden Woods. Jaden Woods is a power lefty who I expect to be a major factor in Georgia's relief core. And Woods last year was four and one, he had a 458 ERA. And I think he's a guy that can provide a real impact for Georgia, especially at the back end of the bullpen. I don't know what Coach Strickland's plans are as far as like his eighth or ninth inning guy, but if I were him, I would find Find a way to incorporate Jaden Woods. I think Jaden Woods, the sky is the limit for this kid. You, you just see the raw talent that he has. You see his fastball top out like mid-90s and especially being left-handed as well. I mean if you're if you're left-handed and you're a pitcher, I think, I think that definitely gives you an advantage and I think Jaden Woods is going to have a phenomenal sophomore year. I'm really excited to see this kid. Really excited to see this kid pitch. And so from an offensive standpoint with Georgia, some guys I want to talk about, you think about super sophomore Corey Collins who Led the Bulldogs with 31 doubles last year. He had eight home runs as well, and so he's a he's a big time thumper for Georgia. So you can use him at the DH spot, or you can use him as a as a catcher as well. Um, you know, Georgia you know Georgia's got a lot of depth with this team. Another guy who's got a big bat is outfielder Connor Tate. He's a he's a senior from Oconee County High School, and he he put up some really good power numbers for Georgia a year ago. He hit 14 home runs. He batted 313 and had 12 doubles, and so. He's a really dynamic piece for Georgia offensively. I think he's gonna be hitting in the cleanup spot. And I think Corey Collins, who I talked about a second ago, is gonna be batting in the five-hole for the dogs. So I'm excited about those two. And one last guy I wanna talk about, and I gotta give props. Uh I gotta I gotta give a shout out to a good friend of the show, Tom Green. Cause when we were talking about baseball earlier this week, we were texting and Tom was like, Hey Joe, you know somebody you can't forget about is Parks Harbor, and that's Georgia's third baseman. And Parks is a really talented guy he's going into his sophomore year and he battled injuries last year and he was dealing with a right wrist injury and we never we never really got to see you know the full talent and display that parks harbor has but i feel like this year we are because he's fully healthy now and so last year he had he had three on runs and he had five doubles but again you know as i was saying he was dealing with a wrist injury and so i think a fully healthy parks harbor is really gonna help georgia and so i think between parks harbor and the three hall connor tate in the four hall and Corey collins in the Five-hole. I think those are three really potent guys for Georgia offensively that can really help the Bulldogs not only drive in runs and hit home runs, but also be able to get on base and make things happen for this University of Georgia Bulldog baseball team. So those are definitely some guys, both offensively and on the pitching side of things, that I think are really going to make a huge impact for the Bulldogs in 2022. Yeah. Um, So the
1: athletic department at UGA just announced that they're
0: selling alcohol at the baseball games this spring. What are your thoughts on that? i got to be honest. I think it's a nice little added bonus for EGA fans. I mean, when you think about or the three things that go together in in college towns or, you know, minor league parks or major league baseball is beautiful spring weather, a nice cold beer, and baseball. I mean, they just all go hand in hand. I don't think you're going to see fans going too crazy as far as alcohol consumption. I think the cost for a beer at Foley is going to be $8. Uh, now, I know it just depends on people and how they are, but, but I definitely think it's something that I think Georgia can profit off of. And like I said, I mean, beer and baseball kind of go hand-in-hand hand together. I, I I think that's a nice touch by UGA. I, I, I understand why they did it. And they're also doing it for softball games as well. So, so yeah, I, I think that's a nice touch it by UGA. They've been doing it at the basketball games as well too, right? It, was this the first year for that? It was. It was, yes. Yes, it was. And, I now again, I don't know how... how how the sales have been doing as far as basketball but but I can only imagine that, that, that it's gone pretty well now I don't know what kind of beer they're serving I wonder if it's like local stuff like local Athens stuff or if it's you know just your typical Bud Light or Miller Light or you know whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure yeah I'm, I'm sure you know being
1: well um I'm not sure what kind of contracts they got but I, I'm sure it'll be uh, a lot of generic stuff to start out with and then if they see it successful I can see them branching out Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, just think
0: about, there are a lot of, like, local brewers in Athens that'll maybe eventually, like, partner with the athletic department and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could totally see that happen. I totally could. (laughs) So, now, RG3, we're going to jump to the last part of the show. We're going to talk a little Atlanta Hawks basketball. And so, you may fire when ready.
1: All right, all right. So, the Hawks, after losing two in a row to San Antonio last Friday, and... Boston last Sunday, bounced back and beat the Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday he beat the Orlando Magic. How important was it for the Hawks to win these last two games going into the All-Star
0: break? I think winning these two games was really big, and I'll start with the Cleveland game first, and so the thing that really stood out to me in the Cleveland game is what we saw out of Trey Young, and so Trey exploded for 41 points, and then DeAndre Hunter had 18 points in the Cleveland game, but what stood out to me about Hunter was we saw confidence in him offensively and most importantly in his ability um, as far as going to the rim attacking the basket going downhill not being afraid to score with contact and he hit a clutch 3 to kind of put the Cleveland game out out of reach it was at the top of the key and I believe Trey actually passed him the ball to set up that 3 I posted the video on my Instagram story and I thought that 3 late in the game that Hunter hit was really important to um and I thought that 3 was really important for the Hawks for them to fend off a really talented team in Cleveland most people people may not be aware, but the Cleveland Cavaliers are, are a really good basketball team. So for the Hawks to get that win was huge. And then you think about last night, what, the, what happened in the Orlando game, and what the Hawks did in that game is they pretty much they pretty much controlled it from start to finish. We we saw a variety of guys step up. We saw Clint Capella have a few nice blocks and a couple nice dunks. We saw Trey engineer the offense and do his thing. And then Danilo Gallinari p- picking up the slack for an injured John Collins. He was making shots. We had DeLon Wright coming off the bench making an impact. Also when you like uh, Kongwu providing depth in the front quarter for the Hawks. I mean, what we saw in a game, what we saw in the Orlando game, in is a complete domination of one team. And let's be real, guys. The Orlando Magic are not a good basketball team. And the Hawks went down there, took care of business, and flexed their muscles, and are now enjoying the all-star break, getting a little rest. And and I'm really optimistic about the Hawks in the second half, but we'll get to that topic here in a little bit, RG3. So let's hit it with the next topic.
1: All right. Um, Lou Lou Williams made NBA history for the Hawks on Wednesday in Orlando, becoming the all-time leader in games, coming off the bench at 980. How impressed are you with Lou throughout his NBA career? Uh, well, I've been
0: really impressed with Lou throughout his NBA career. Well, first of all, before I talk a little bit, a little bit about Lou Williams, I want to get I want to let you guys know who Lou passed on on that list uh, as far as guys coming off the bench. So Lou passed Del Curry, who was the father, or I should say, who is the father of Stephen Curry and Seth Curry. And Del Curry was a great shooter in his own right. And there at Virginia Tech, and was a really good shooter. for the charlotte hornets i believe and he played for a lot of other teams but and and so for lou so for lou to pass a great score and a great shooter like del curry is just really impressive but but i've always been impressed with lou williams i mean ever since his days at south went high school and so that's kind of really when i began to learn about lou williams because because at the time when lou was in high school there, there were there were talks of there were talks of lou williams making the jump to the nba or lou williams signing with the university of georgia and you know selfishly it's 2003 and i'm i'm a kid at this point point and I'm thinking dude if the Hawks I'm thinking dude if Georgia's able to get this guy like what are we going to be like we're going to be this really good basketball team blah, blah blah so Lou doesn't end up going to Georgia he ends up going to the NBA has a good career has a good start to his career with the Philadelphia 76ers um branches out a little bit comes to Atlanta ha- has a good Has some good moments with the Hawks and then kind of bounces around to a few other teams and so right now at this point what I like about Lou, where he is in this stage of his career, is he is, he is that voice for this Hawks team as far as vets go. And he's definitely a guy that young guys can go to um, for advice, and Lou can kind of take some of these young guys under his wing. I know Lou and Onyeka Okungu have a really good relationship, and it's just really good to see, you know, a really talented scorer like Lou, like Lou Williams, and a guy who can provide real veteran leadership. Um, you know, for him to be able to do this for his hometown team here in Atlanta, the thing I want to say about Lou Williams: a lot of people forget about this. Lou Williams is a three-time Sixth Man of the Year award winner in the NBA. So props to Lou. He's had a fantastic career and I can't wait to see him play some more basketball for my Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. The NBA
1: All Star Weekend will be happening this weekend in Cleveland. Just how excited are you for the different events going on between
0: the three point contest, the slam dunk contest, and the game itself? Oh man, I'm I'm really excited about this. I always circle my calendar as far as the as far as these events. And I got to be honest with you, the event I'm really excited about is the three point contest. This competition, we get to see our very own Trey Young compete in it and represent the Hawks. And what's fun about the three-point contest that I really enjoyed watching through the years is you really see the skill and the focus of what makes these guys the best shooters in the world. The slam dunk contest in my opinion has lost a lot of its luster and it used to be must-see TV when we were when we were coming up. I mean, you just think about some of the great slam dunk contests through the years. You think about the 2000 slam dunk contest with Vince Carter which he did that 360 dunk that was just unbelievable. I watched it on YouTube before we started recording the show and then another one that I watched earlier tonight, was Josh Smith's epic win, or epic slam dunk win in Denver in 05. I want to say that was Josh's second year in the league, because he was drafted... Uh, second round in 2004 um so so seeing josh smith do that too it brought a lot of memories and what one of the dunks that really stood out to me with josh was when he put on the dominique wilkins jersey and paid homage to the human highlight film himself the greatest atlanta hawk of all time dominique wilkins i just thought that was really cool of josh smith to do that back then and to like ha- to have that perspective at such a young age to be able to pay homage and respect to the greatest atlanta hawk and in my opinion one of the greatest one of the greatest dunkers of all time in mr dominique wilkins going back to what i was saying i feel like the slam dunk contest isn't what it used to be it used to be like really creative and really fun and now it's just i don't think it's as creative and we don't see a lot of the big time stars do it and i mean lebron james has never competed in a slam dunk contest um so and so at the end of the day i'm really excited about the three-point contest i think the all-star game itself will be fun i'm excited to watch trey represent the hawks and keep doing his thing he'll be an all-star starter second time in his career his fourth year in the nba so Tells you where Trey Young is. The sky is the limit for him, and I'm just really excited to watch uh, All-Star Weekend uh, this weekend. It, it should be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Heck yeah! And
1: the Hawks will begin the second half of the season next Thursday at the Bull, and then host a home game against Toronto on the 26th of February. How important is it for the Hawks to get off to a good start with these two games? Oh, incre- incredibly
0: important! Incredibly important. I mean, so where we are in the schedule? Just think about this guy. Where the Hawks are. Where the Hawks are now is when that Bulls game. tips off next thursday the hawks will have 20 the hawks will have 24 games left and and so it's basically so it's basically crunch time the hawks have got to find a way to dig themselves out of the hole that they dug themselves in so right now the hawks are 10 and so seeds 7 through 10 you play in the playing tournament which i understand what the nba is trying to do i personally don't like it it's kind of got a little bit of a march madness vibe to it and it's single elimination do or die and i really want the hawks to avoid that i don't want the hawks Hawks in that playing tournament, so the Hawks are gonna have to play really good basketball. I think they would have to go like maybe 19 and 5, 18 and 6 to be able to. To to be able to ascend to the sixth seed, I mean, but we've seen we've seen crazier things happen before. I mean, just think about the run the Hawks went on last year, made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Final. Where the Hawks stand right now, as far as these two games, you're facing a really talented team in the Chicago Bulls. You're facing you're facing DeMar DeRozan, who's having a career year with the Bulls. You're facing Nick you're facing Nick Vucevic, arguably one of the best scoring big men in the NBA. And so that Bulls game is gonna be is gonna be really tough. But it's nothing the Hawks can't handle. And then the Raptors are so reason, the Hawks, R 3 I don't understand, have this issue with the Raptors. I don't get it. I don't know if they're just a bad matchup for us. I don't know if Pascal Siakam at center, if his size is too much for the Hawks. But the Raptors are just a really long athletic team. And you've got Fred VanVleet, the all-star point guard for them. So, the Hawks are really coming out of the gate hot, you know, with two opponents, and the Bulls and the Raptors. And so the Hawks have got to find a way to keep building off the momentum that 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 they now have from the Cleveland game and the Orlando game and hopefully we see the Hawks start to play their best basketball, make it a fun last 24 games, find a way to get back into the top six, avoid the play-in tournament, and go on our merry way to the NBA playoffs.
1: Heck yeah.
0: Heck yeah, man. So, RG3, I just want to thank you for coming on the show, talking a variety of stuff with me. Hey, man. I, I'm just happy to be back. Yeah, man. I, I miss you. I miss you. It, you you want were... to
1: shake the wrong off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, RG3, do you want to stay on for a little bit? And I will tell everybody about FanForAllSeasons.com and I'll let you do our sponsorship break for old times' yeah. sake. And that way you can get back in the swing of things, man. Alright, so guys, I'm going to tell you about FanForAllSeasons.com. It's our website. You can check it out. And so, we. When you go to it, you'll, you'll see the Listen Now tab, and that's where our episodes are. That's where they're all archived. You can go there. You can check out Listening to Past Episodes, where this episode will be on, up on our website later this evening. You can also catch it on any podcast provider, Spotify, Apple, you know, all, all wherever you wherever you get your podcast is where we are. You can also, when you go to fanforallseasons.com, you can check out our merchandise store. We've got sweatshirts and hoodies, which are really popular right now, but as the calendar starts to turn To warmer weather we've got t-shirts long seat t-shirts as well to gear up rep your favorite local sports podcast because rg3 and i would really appreciate it and we really appreciate you the listener for checking out this podcast without any further ado i'm going to let rg3 do our sponsorship read all
1: right fan for all seasons is brought to you in part by georgie
0: oak Smoke catering. You can learn more at oaksmoke.com. And so, for myself, Jim and Joe, and my co-host RG3, this has been another exciting installment of the Fan Frost Seasons podcast. And we'll talk to you guys in next week. See ya.